remember when I was growing up, I got to participate in this thing called Hockey Night in Boston. I've got a picture here. Hockey Night in Boston was a really special event. Uh, it's something they've done for over 40 years, and the, it's a tournament uh, in Boston, and they invite all of the best hockey players from around the country to this tournament. And then you compete uh, during uh, a week's time, and it's really an, kind of an important thing. They have a lot of scouts that are there for prep schools, uh, for college hockey and junior hockey and that kind of thing. And you had to get invited in, and there was a father who was kind of a recruiter for Hockey Night in Boston on my hockey team. And he said, hey, I want to recommend you to go play at Hockey Night in Boston. Would you be interested? And on one hand, I was extremely interested, but on the other hand, uh, I was very, very nervous. I was scared to go uh, because in my league and on my team, I was one of the best skaters, but I knew what Hockey Night in Boston was. It was taking all of the best players where then I would just be average probably in this other arena where they're getting all of the best players from around the country, and I didn't want to go, and it was because I was afraid. And then I was telling my brother about it, and as I told my brother about it, he, he looked at me, uh, and he said something. He said, you should go. You should go. You can skate with those guys. And you know what? In that moment, it just went right through me, and I thought, I, I'm going to go. Like, I can go, because, there's, because one person spoke something to me, and I believed it, and it gave me confidence to step out. I didn't have to be the best skater. I didn't have to be the best there, but I could skate with those guys. And now that my brother spoke that into me, uh, I could go, and I could do it. And I went and had a great time, and it was a great, uh, it was a great event. So words have power, don't they? The things that people say mean something. There's three things I want you to walk away with by the time we're done uh, this morning. And one of them is this, simply that words have power. Words have power. If you think about creation, God spoke, didn't he? He spoke and things came into being. In the very first verse in Genesis chapter one, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. So it's sort of like there's this blob there. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And what did God do? In a variety of places all throughout Genesis 1, there's this phrase, and God said. Right? And God said. And God said, let there be light. And it was so. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? To speak things into existence. God has designed words to have creative power to call things into existence. When God spoke, he released the creative spirit to start assembling and bringing together what we know as this world. And as he spoke, it released the spirit to bring and form and create all of the things that we see. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? To be able to speak things into existence. I was thinking about how could we illustrate that? How could we understand in a greater way uh, the idea of speaking things into existence? How many of you like the movie Big Hero 6? 
Any kids out there? This is a good adult movie, too. You know, that's the one where parents are like, I can watch that. I can do that one. Uh, there's a scene in Big Hero 6. It's the robot exhibition uh, scene where Hero goes and he has these little microbots. Oh, we're not there yet. He has these little microbots. And the microbots uh, do anything that he thinks. And this is a good picture, I think, of even how God created. So take a look at this clip. It doesn't look like much, but when it links up with the rest of its pals... Things get a little more interesting. The microbots are controlled with this neurotransmitter. think what I want them to do, they do it. The applications for this tech are limitless. Construction. What used to take teams of people working by hand for months or years can now be accomplished by one person. And that's just the beginning. How about transportation? Microbots can move anything, anywhere, with ease. If you can think it, the microbots can do it. The only limit is your imagination. Microbots. <laughs> it's a great thing to love your family. Isn't that a great picture of even how God created? As he thought, as he spoke things into existence, they came into being. That's the power of words. If you think about even other parts of the scripture, God often spoke before action took place. And he spoke things and brought things into existence. Of all the creatures on the earth... God has given human beings the ability to communicate through the spoken word. He's given us the capacity to communicate and use words. The power to use words is unique, and it's a powerful gift from God. In the early part in Genesis, the very first way in which even it appears that Adam used language was what? When he started to name the creatures that God had made. The power of naming. Uh, it says in Genesis 2.19, now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The power of naming. We use words to name things all the time. If you think about it, we declare much more than we think. Think about uh, an event that you have recently attended. Did you leave that event and say something about the event? That was awesome. Or, gosh, I feel like I wasted my time. Do you realize you're naming the event? 
That's what you're doing. When my son came home from the Fort 45 party on Friday night, he couldn't stop talking. He's like, this was awesome. What did he do? He named the event. He named the event. So we name things all the time. Uh, we declare much more than we think. All of our experiences, when you go hang out with a friend, right, we often have thoughts about what that experience was like. And we name that experience. That was, that was really a great time. Wow, I walked away encouraged. And you're naming the event or that experience. Oftentimes we name the type of day we had, don't we? End of the day comes and somebody says, hey, how was your day? And now you're speaking, you're naming the kind of day that you had. Sometimes you do that on the front end of the day. When a couple things go wrong, and you're like, what? What kind of day are you going to, oh, man, this is, this is going to be a bad day. And you've now spoken that over the rest of your day. That has power when we do that. We also name people, don't we? That person is right? And you fill in the blank. Sometimes it's a positive thing. Sometimes it's not. And we name things all the time. If you think about even the use of most of our language, we're always naming something. That's what our words are doing. And once we name something, it takes a lot to overturn it. It takes a lot to change it. I know even in my house, sometimes if one of my kids are like, ah, oh, you know, they get bummed about the way something's going, and it's like, no, don't waste that whole, like, you're going to lose the whole thing, the whole event or thing that we're doing, because you named it from the beginning because you didn't like one thing. And it's very hard a lot of times to overturn something that we've named. Why? Because words have power. Words have power. That's the first thing that I want you to remember today. Words have power. Second thing I want you to remember today is words do one of two things. They either build up or they tear down. They either build up or they tear down. The two scriptures uh, that we had read earlier, your tongue has the power of life and death, right? Right in that word, life and death. Life words build up, death words tear down. And those who love to talk will eat the fruit of their words. The words of thoughtless people cut like swords. It would hurt if you got cut with a sword, wouldn't it? All right? The words of thoughtless people, they cut like swords. They hurt. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Again, words of life versus words of death. Our words, the words we use, shape how people see themselves. They shape how people see themselves. I want to share a quote with you from David Kyle Foster. And he says this, especially parents, listen up. Those who work with kids, listen up to this. By their words and by their treatment, those who created you, your parents, and those who have formative authority in your life speak an identity into you. They speak an identity into you. Do you realize because our words are often naming things, right? If we say something to our children, we could say something like, you know, you're, you're messy. We just named them, didn't we? Right? There's another way to say that, you know. Things in your room are messy, <laughs> right? It's very different because then we're talking about their action versus them as a person. Our words shape how uh, young people see themselves. And this even works uh, with adults. 
In Christianity Today, there was an article uh, by Mark Laberton, and it's called Leading by Naming. Leading by Naming. I want to read to you a couple of paragraphs out of his article. It goes like this. Really? Really? I can still feel the impact of a highly musical friend who one day called me musical. No one had ever called me that. I didn't really play an instrument. I was no soloist. Yet what made this comment so remarkable was that I instantly felt known and loved. Why? Because I was being named in the way that always matters most, from the inside out. The musicality of my life, fundamentally and invisible as it was, has to do with my soul, not with instruments. It's about the way of being in the world, not about notes being played. The sheer unexpected grace of being named musical stunned me. It's not the most important thing about me, but he got me in a way that noticed, validated, and appreciated something deeply true about me, even though it is usually missed. Being rightly named means being truly known. It changes our lives. Embedded in our words and in our actions are the names we give to and receive from others. Nods of recognition, glances of curiosity, looks of compassion, signs of paying attention, they build one another up. Hey, bud, good job. I noticed. Thank you. Join us, our little names that matter. When positive words and actions combine, such naming actually makes a life. That's powerful, isn't it? That's powerful. Words uh, can either build up or tear down, and we are constantly naming people, events, moments, uh, and they either build up or they tear down. Words get played over and over, don't they? You probably still remember some of the things people spoke over you, the things they spoke over your life. You can recall them just like that, I bet. What are words of life? What are words of life? How do words of life build others up? There's a couple of ways in which I'd like us to think about how words build us up. Uh, the first way uh, that words build us up, life words call forth things. They call forth things a person doesn't yet see in themselves and opens them to new possibilities. Life words call forth things that a person doesn't yet see in themselves. What ha would happen if you were one of those people who has healing words and you notice something about a person and you speak it over their life by saying something about it and it's something that they don't know yet in about themselves? What happens? You're calling forth creation, aren't you? God has created a person in a certain way, and you spot it, and you speak to it, and it calls it forth. It brings it into existence, doesn't it? That sounds a little bit like the creation story. God spoke, and he brought things into existence. And sometimes God allows you to speak life words that somebody doesn't yet know are true about who they are. And it launches that very reality in their life. And so life words call for things that a person may not even yet recognize in their own lives. Life words also uh, can affirm what a person may know to be true in themselves, but the external testimony that's spoken over them releases that very trait 
So it is free, a free-flowing expression of who God had created that person to be. Isn't that amazing? When somebody spots something, you know it to be true of yourself. God's even confirmed it in your own heart. But when somebody observes it and sees it and they say it to you, what does that do to you? It releases it, right? That's the story. That's the, that what Mark Laberton's article. So he knew he was musical, but when it was spoken over him, then it releases him to step out in that with greater courage and greater passion and greater movement. And they get to be who they are in a more full way. That's powerful. Those are life words that build others up. Life words can do something else that I think is very important. Life words heal wounds by replacing previously spoken words with a new script. One of the ministries that I've done in the past couple of churches uh, that I've been at is called Break Free. And part of the Break Free Retreat Weekend, uh, we write down, there's an exercise where you write down words and things that have been spoken over you, things that have been said about who you are as a person or over your life. And this one young lady was on this weekend. Uh, her name was Lauren. And Lauren had a list of things that had been spoken over her life that was, it, it, it seemed like it was, it was limitless what her father had spoken over her. Uh, she was in college uh, at the time she went through this. And one of the things she, she had written down uh, was something her father had said was, I don't know why you're at college. You're not going to amount to anything anyway. You see, she was named. Her father named her. And there were things just like that strung throughout her life. And I was writing down all of these, as, many, as fast as she could say them, I was scribbling down all of these things that were spoken over her, these death words, these destructive words. And then uh, the people that were on that retreat weekend, we stood around her and one by one, we, we, for all of the death words that were spoken over her, we spoke life words instead. We replaced them. And so I would just, I just said, Lauren, you know, your father said, why are you in college? You won't amount to anything anyway. But we say to you, you're in college because God is developing talents and gifts so you can express who you are in the world. And man, you should have seen the change begin to take place in her. Life words heal wounds by replacing the words that have been spoken over a person with a whole new script. You can be one of those people. You can be one of those people who has healing words. The tongue of the wise, the tongue of the wise brings healing. And you can be one of those people who brings healing to other people. Life words, they build others up. But there's something called death words. And death words are those words that are destructive and tear people down. There are these general kind of death words. That's like that general negativity when you're just kind of complaining. You might not be aiming at somebody, right? But you're just around this negativity. And that just brings people down. And so there's kind of a general uh, destructive words. And I got a couple of pictures here. Do you, anybody like Minecraft? Kids? Oh, okay, we got a lot of Minecraft fans. Destructive words do this. It's like that crane with that wrecking ball. You know, with life words and that wall where you see one brick building up a wall, right? It takes one brick at a time to build a wall. Well, death words, they take out a lot of bricks 
all at the same time. You see, death words are much more destructive, and they really decimate people. And so it's important we understand, what is it that tears people down? Now, I have this wonderful picture of my family up here. (laughs) My uh, uh, son and daughter there, we were out at a restaurant. They weren't really fighting that much uh, at this. It just looked like this passionate moment, so I snapped a picture real quick and thought, hey, I can use that as an illustration. But you know what? Destructive words fly over our mouth a lot of times when what? We're heated. When we're heated... And things we say uh, can really uh, aim at people. Destructive and death words, the most painful words are the ones that are aimed at who you are as a person. I remember uh, growing up uh, when somebody named me. Uh, On my arm here, uh, you can see it most in the summertime when I get tanned, but the the skin on my arm is blotchy uh, up in this area. And so uh, you can see there's two different kind of colors to that, especially in the summer. And somebody uh, once named me and they said, oh, you're two-tone. It's true. That's a true statement. I have two kind of colors of skin on the left side of my arm and But you know what? When somebody names you like that, that stuff sticks with you. And uh, I wonder, maybe you've been named. You know, it could be something about uh, who you are as a person. It could be about your image. And those things are like a wrecking ball, and they tear us down. Uh, Be very careful if you're going to say something about somebody's image or about their idiosyncrasies and just kind of their personality quirks and those things. A lot of times, those are a part of who a person is. And when you say them, guess what happened to me? All of a sudden, now I'm self-conscious. And I'm always wondering, oh, I wonder if someone else is going to say that. I wonder if someone else is going to notice that. Death words. And they tear down. Well, there's two things I asked you to remember. There's a third one coming. The first thing I wanted you to remember is what? Words have power, right? And then words do one of two things. They either build up or they tear down. Good. Our third thing, our third and final thing is this. Words tell all. Words tell all. A good man says good things, Luke 6.45 says. These come from the good that is what? It's stored up. It's stored up in the heart. An evil man says evil things. These come from the evil that is what? Stored up in the heart. A person's mouth says everything that is in their heart. Friends, words tell all, don't they? Your words reveal much more than you think. The heart stores things up. Right? The heart stores things up. The things that come out of your mouth are oftentimes things that you have been thinking about or processing. So be careful as you think, because sometimes the naming that you name other people with, they're mean, they're this. And all of these thoughts, they may not come out of their, your mouth right away, but you're what? You're storing things up in your heart. And you're either storing up good things about how you see other people, or you're storing up destructive things. And guess what? One day, those things are going to come flying out of your mouth, just like they did to me when I was young. We got a phone call early in the morning. It was a school day, which usually the phone doesn't ring at 7.45 in the morning on a school day. And this was the era when 
cordless phones were new, and they had those giant skinny metal antennas. I remember those? They would always break on you when you'd kind of walk around a corner and you hit the... Uh, so I had this cordless phone. I'd answered the phone, and it was my sister's uh, sixth grade teacher on the phone. And, well, there were some things that I'd stored up in my heart towards her teacher. Uh, no one really liked her. She was very mean and very strict. And so I had these things stored up in my heart. So she calls, and I run to the bottom of the stairs, and I shout up the stairs, Hey, Mom! It's the worst teacher in the world on the phone! <laughs> my mom comes down the other part of the stairs, and the look on her face could have burned me to ashes. <laughs> and then she, because she sees me with the telephone in my hand. <laughs> and then she's like, you know, she's saying all these things. I, I think I knew what she was saying, but I couldn't hear her words. <laughs> anyway, she gets on the phone, and the first thing the teacher says is, tell your son he just made my day. He made my day. Right? Words tell all, and the things that get stored up in our heart reveal what's going on within us. You may have used words just like I did, and you need to go ask for forgiveness, and you need to make uh, that right and take back the words you said and speak a word of life. As we're here thinking about Family Weekend, I want to give you some vision for your family. As you think about your family, the reality is you see everything when you're in a family, don't you? You see other people outside the home, they always catch the best parts of different family members, right? And you can get reports, oh, this person's just like this. And they... But when you're in a family, you see it all, right? You see it all. And a lot of times the things we store up in our heart, we store up the things about our own family members, because we see everything. I wonder if you think about your family and you'd say, you know what, I'm going to choose. There is all of this other stuff, because there's all this other stuff about you too, and about, right? It goes both ways. But I wonder if we as families would just choose to see what is it, how God has uniquely created this person and call those things to life. It would really change and shape our families. It would really change and shape our families. I have a word to you who are brothers and sisters here in the room. You can have the kind of family life that you want with your siblings. I was at a home of somebody at Hope Church, and we weren't even on this topic at all, but the parents had just mentioned that when they had gone away on this one trip, that their <clears throat> oldest son and daughter really became friends when they went away on that, this one vacation. And they became each other's allies. And it just struck me. And I thought, you know what? A lot of times as siblings, we're kind of at each other. But what would it look like if you were allies? You're going to outlive your parents. And you're, you're the family that each other's going to have. And you can have what you want. You really can just like my older brother who spoke some things into my life, who enabled me to step out and do something I never could have, as siblings, you can do that. And I wanted to say that to you as siblings uh, because your parents can, can help and guide, but it really comes down to what you want. It would be awesome at school and in other places if a sibling steps in for you and you're each other's allies. It could be 
really awesome. There were three things that I asked you to remember. Words have power. Words either tear up, or build up, or tear down. And words tell all. Your mission this week, you have to accept it, right? It's not if you... Your mission this week, I want you to just catch your family members, each family member, doing something, and I want you to speak some words that will build them up. Catch them doing something that says something about who they are, and just tell them about it. Speak it back to them, and choose to build them up. Well, as the worship team comes up, I want to pray for us, that God would enable us and equip us uh, as we go on mission to use our words to build others up. Lord, thanks. Uh, thanks for these reminders uh, of how powerful words are, how our words aren't neutral. They either build up or they tear down, and they do reveal the heart. They tell all. And so, Hope Church, I want to say to you, may no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Speak what is helpful to building others up. Meet the need of someone with a timely word. Call into existence the good that you see in others.